to episode number 58 of the Between the Cracks podcast. I am your host, Bill, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Chris. Now, Chris, we are in the midst of our longest hiatus between episodes. Bud, it is good to be back. We need to know, how are you? Today, I'm in rare form. My good man, and uh, as you uh, have known, because I just texted you earlier about it, um, I had a little bit of traffic <laughs> on my home today, an hour and 45 minutes, so uh, this is what I'm going to actually do here. I know the CDC has been, you know, kind of laxing on their regulations, so if I'm going to reinstate these regulations, <laughs> I want all you motherfuckers to stay home, <laughs> off the roads. I'm telling you, man, there, there was something to be said uh, uh, about that quarantine and staying the fuck away from everybody. I, that's just my type of life. I, I I don't fuck with anybody anyway. Bro, I am uh, I, like and more and with the with the heat too. When it gets hot and like my patience gets thinner and thinner, and I cannot deal with this shit. Like this traffic today, unbelievable. I'm telling you, there are two things that can make me absolutely psychotic, and that's going to tie in nicely to what tonight's episode is all about: the heat and traffic. I cannot handle those two things. Here, here's the thing that, that takes me off even more, right? So, I, whatever, when traffic hits, I sit in it. There's nowhere to fucking go. I'm not going to be one of these people that, like, dances back and forth trying to find little spaces between oh, everybody. Assholes. It's just stressful as fuck. So, on the bridge, there are four driving lanes, and then there's one bus lane only. Buses only. This motherfucker, two people... And, and it's always it's always like a Beamer or Mercedes, someone who apparently thinks their life's more important than everyone else's, cruising down the bus lane, passing everybody. If I had a grenade, I swear to God, I, I just want to blow these people up. Chris, we, this, is, this is not the Chris we left off with three weeks ago. Who the hell are you? <laughs> I told you, man, now that everyone's coming back out, going to work, it's just, I can't deal with it. Well... I'm telling you, in my world, dude, uh, as I said, the last time we, we did an episode, all I've been doing is coaching. I'm coaching my son's baseball team, which is taking up four nights of my week. I'm helping with my uh, daughter and her softball, and then my own softball league has started. We haven't played a game yet, but I'm in the midst of doing all that stuff, and there is just no time between what I'm doing and then with your um, softball league, there's just no time for us to record, but it all comes to a glorious end come June 15th. So within the next uh, two weeks or so, my schedule should lighten up exponentially. And I'm very <laughs> fucking psyched about it. <laughs> and then it becomes, while, while you'll have extra time, what do we choose to do with that extra time is the <laughs> next question. Sit, sit there and do nothing. <laughs> but uh, we, should, we should mention, Chris, that we actually have our first Spartan race of the season coming up. Oh, God. And I like have, we needed something else on the fucking plate. <laughs> and I have done no training whatsoever. I have not been in the gym for over a year, so... I'm back at the gym full-time now, but I'm just not doing anything that would be helpful or beneficial to me cardiovascularly for this race, so I'm just lifting and stuff, but uh, like I told you this morning, dude, I go, if if I get three feet off the ground on that rope, it'll be a miracle. (laughs) The... (laughs) The uh, the wince in the face trying to pull up, but your feet are still oh touching the ground. Do, re- 
<laughs> I mean, it's just so humiliating. And remember, they had, they used to have the mud pit below. So when you fell, like it would. You it wasn't would just, even mud. It was it was like a pool of dirty water. And you would just splash, and everybody, <laughs> like and, you were getting sniped. And and they always managed to put it right in the area where all the spectators oh. are at the at their most. And when you're your most exhausted. <laughs> I, I, I remember the. The one, one of the first times we did this, we were, it was like that. It was like a giant water pit at the bottom. And I got to the top and I had nothing left in the tank. As soon as I hit that bell, I dropped four stories. I remember. Because you did better than me because I went up literally five feet and I just dropped. So as I was reemerging from the abyss. (laughs) I caught you coming down. Dude, like like somebody tossed you from the Empire State Building. (laughs) <laughs> oh man, I'm pretty sure I, I broke the fucking sound barrier on that way down. <laughs> Jesus. Oh god, dude. Well, oh, god, it's just this is just gonna be an absolute disaster. I can feel it. But uh, <laughs> Chris, with all that said, I mean, I'm sitting here with my my large iced coffee from Dunkin' Donuts. I'm I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling a little bit of energy. So, Chris, with all that said, it's about time we hop right into tonight's episode. So, Chris, everyone knows about our long-documented disdain for social media, particularly Facebook. But, bud, that's exactly what we're going to be talking about tonight. You know, I have this weird thing with me where I get absolutely obsessed with things I hate, and I fucking despise Facebook. And anything that kind of draws me in or anything I, I, I can read about Facebook, I do. And I don't know why. I, I just hate it so much that I'm obsessed with it. And uh, I found this case, and it dragged me down a rabbit hole that, bud, I thought I was never going to get out of. I've been off Facebook for quite some time now. And I found myself poking in it for some reason yesterday. I think I got like an indication, you know, like a notification or something. And then I realized, I was like, oh my God, I'm a better person for not being on it. Yeah, for being off of it, yeah. I've been clean for eight months now. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically, you, you laugh, but that's, there's probably fucking groups for that. Oh, because it's such bullshit, you know, like I, you see all this stuff, oh, I love my husband so much, or I love my wife, it's all garbage, oh it's fucking fake, man, and then, you know, you get the picture of the little kid eating the ice cream all over the face, I, I don't care, I don't want to see it, and I certainly don't give a fuck about your political opinion, so please, keep that to yourself, <laughs> and, you know, the, the thing is, too, you just don't know what's real and what's not because i mean you could do anything you want with your social media persona from their status updates to their pictures you just don't know what's real and what's not and tonight's topic is a perfect example of that bud because tonight chris we are talking about the mysterious case of karen Catherine waldegrave you may say what is so odd about having a facebook profile And nothing, except all the reasons we just gave before, uh, if you want to get us agitated. But uh, let's dig into uh, what happened with Karen Catherine Waldegrave's profile. Well, bud, we're going to tell you. Because on April 14th of 2010, Karen made her Facebook debut. Now, as I said, her name was Karen Catherine Waldegrave, but she had a number of aliases. And I'm going to give her a couple right now. Karen Catherine Waldegrave, and you know how you can put the maiden name in parentheses? Yeah. So her maiden name on this particular profile was Von Berg Hasberg. Okay, so that read Karen Catherine Waldegrave, parentheses, Von 
Berg Hasberg. And if we could have one more name in that, that'd be fucking great. And the following um, profile was Karen Britt Kaylee. She also went by Karen Lepic, Karen Steinberg, and Bud. Get this one. Karen Britt Sophie Lothrigen Waldegrave. So, right off the bat, you know, you're thinking something's not adding up, okay? And uh, you'd be correct in that assumption. So, uh, let's dig into this, Chris. And like I always say, we need to go backwards to go forward. And uh, that's exactly what we're going to do. And as I said, on April 14th of 2010, the... Facebook profile of Karen Waldegrave emerged. And initially, it was just all, you know, your normal bullshit posts about life and all this other shit. But gradually, the post went from that of a seemingly normal human being to something that resembled, for lack of a better word, a madwoman. Her her posts began to uh, slowly drift into what some would say were very bizarre and incoherent messages. And then it's not only that, dude. Like, the statuses were weird enough, and we're going to get into those in a little bit. But the fact is that she was the only one to respond. So you know how you can have a Facebook status, and there's room for all the comments and all the shit? Well, nobody commented on her post aside from Karen herself. Okay, you comment once or twice or whatever. Dude, there was one specific night where she left over 500 comments and posted for 12 hours straight. And these posts and comments were all time-stamped. So (laughs) riddle me that, my man. This sounds like a fucking crazy person just sitting up in front of their computer having a conversation with themselves. I mean, we all do it, right? In the the privacy of our own home. (laughs) Maybe not to the extent of having a full-on debate with yourself, but... Yes, we've we've all talked to ourselves. Well, I do it all the time. I just did it on my way home when I was uh, driving back from Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> but I feel like when I'm talking to myself, you know, I'll say I'll think of something funny or I'll say something funny out loud, and I'll keep myself entertained. I I don't really feel like my talks with myself are very cryptic, or at least as cryptic <laughs> as uh, Karen Hasberg Waldegrave, whatever the hell her name is. So. How does this whole thing go down? So was this something that she just made a a Facebook profile and then right off the bat it was just her posting and then commenting to herself? Well, that was it. Like, it it started to gain attention. And uh, initially when I looked at her, uh, the origin of her Facebook profile, she only had 33 friends on, um, you know, like the sidewall and shows who your friends are. So it's from that point forward that's one of those people must have began sharing this information. And once it went to one of these websites like Reddit or 4chan, these people started, you know, digging down this 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 rabbit hole. And not that they were harassing her. I, I mean, I guess to some degree that they were, but they wanted to see what the hell was going on here. And if indeed this woman needed help, she was active on uh, various other social media platforms as well. One uh, was a genealogy website, and I, I think it's called Genie, G-E-N-I, I think that's how you pronounce it, and there's a correlation between that genealogy site and Facebook. She would go into great detail about her family's origins. It wasn't just like, oh, yeah, my family's from Ireland, or, you know, my family's from Switzerland, or whatever. It got deep, and <laughs> it got weird. Did anybody ever engage with her? 
Like, did she engage with them, I should say, like, if they commented? Well, that's the thing. Uh, no. But if you read the comments, and they're all from her, it's as if she's commenting and answering her own question, or as if she's battling with somebody who is leaving messages or, you know, comments that, you know, you can't see. Like, as if somebody had a private profile. But looking at all of it, dude, I don't think anybody was commenting. I think this is all her. I think... She was battling with somebody, all right. <laughs> yeah, personality. It, un- unfortunately, I, I think you're right, Chris. She may have been battling herself or one of the millions of aliases uh, she had. So let's dig into her profile. You know, I mean, there's a lot of theories out there. People seem to think that this could just be a bot, like a computer program that posts these random things. You know, and there was some speculation that maybe she was a spy because she gets into some very odd things, talking about MK Ultra and all this stuff. So that was another theory that she may have been in some government mind control program, or like we just alluded to, perhaps these were just the posts of someone who was uh, going through a very difficult time mentally and uh, needed to get some help. And, you know, to this day, we still don't know what the answer is. That's why, you know, when you get into this case, you just keep digging and digging and digging. There is no finality to it. There's, There's no correct answer. And nobody really knows. So uh, let's dig into this profile. So as I said, there were a number of profiles for Karen Catherine Waldegrave. And I mentioned all the names before. I'm not going to go through that again. Some have her maiden name. Some have her married name. Some just have some random last names. But uh, there was some nuggets of truth within her profile. And uh, I got a little uh, timeline here, Chris, that I, I made here. So apparently it says that Karen... And mind you, this is all coming from her, but some of this is verified. She studied at the University of Toronto. You're alma mater, Chris. <laughs> I've actually never been to Canada. Yes, so. and indeed. In addition to her studies, Chris, she had a very impressive resume of languages that she spoke, including Estonian, French, English, Russian, German, and the language that you're fluent in, Latin. <laughs> uh, well, not at all. Uh, but that is very interesting. That's, I mean, she sounds like a, pretty much a genius. And that's, of course, if she really did speak those languages, I don't know. But And if she really did exist. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh-huh. we, we don't know. But uh, I got some other information on Karen, and this is her work history. As uh, I said, she was a PhD student working on her doctorate. Apparently, she also had a job as a teaching assistant at the Department of History at the University of Western Ontario. Now, her other past employment was listed as, (laughs) get this, co-owner as wife of vice president and president at Technograph. So, I went to look this up and find out what the hell Technograph was in Toronto. And apparently... Technograph is a company owned by a Mr. Peter, get this, Chris, with three E's, P-E-E-T-E-R, Lepic. And he is noted as being the CEO of Technograph. And Chris, do you remember I said one of the Facebook profiles of Karen was Karen Lepic, the same spelling, L-E-P-P-I-K. So we actually have a gentleman who apparently was her husband, and a real brick-and-mortar business that I actually looked up on Street View, Chris. It's there. It exists. Now, let's go back to that profile. 
another job she has herself listed as a personal assistant to is CEO Emeritus, but it has listed as Second World War Royal Navy at Finlay Travel, whatever that means. And it also has her listed as the executive assistant at Canish and Partners, Chartered Accountants and Advisors. So she has quite the resume in a wide variety of careers. Chris, as I said, there's a lot of speculation. Is Karen Waldgrave a real person? Is she a computer program? Is she a spy? Is she just mentally ill? As I began to look through these files, I did find some uh, pieces of information that led me to believe, in addition to what we just went through before, that Karen is indeed real. One of those pieces of information that I found, Chris, was a Rate My Professor page for Karen. I did not look at her overall rating. I did notice that it was the same picture as that Facebook profile. And we should (laughs) mention that profile picture, Chris. She looks fake. She looks almost as if she was a mannequin. (laughs) We've had our share of mannequins. We don't need any more of those. Yes, it looks like she hasn't blinked in over 40 years. That's the vibe (laughs) I'm getting from this picture. Yeah, there is also some proof that she actually provided lectures at the University of Western Ontario. So we're going further and further down the path that Karen is a real person, which makes it all the more at least in my opinion, unnerving. So it's about time we get into some of these posts and (laughs) see if we can unravel what the hell she's trying to talk about. So remember I said that there was a particular day that Karen posted for 12 hours straight with nearly 500 comments. So, I mean, not just sociopathic behavior. All these different statuses and comments that she was posting... They didn't even seem like they were intertwined. Like, they were just, like, ramblings. And, you know, you know there'd be one second she's complaining about this, then it goes to something else. So uh, I'm going to get into uh, some of them right now. Here's the first one, Chris, that I found interesting. Calling the police because you have not seen us for a while is not at all all right. Okay, so that's the actual status, okay? So now, within the same minute, the first comment comes in from Karen herself. We do not report them and do not deal with them. We are off limits to them, and they are not welcome to any repeat performance here of goonery, whatever the fuck that means. So then the next comment, one minute later, it says, uh, for reference, the 24th of March, 2011, with Wendy Finlay and her dowry seeker killers. And remember, Chris, with the name Finlay, that's where she worked as the CEO of uh, the Finlay travel. So, I mean, there it does lead me to believe that this is not a bot because, you know, there are some references to her work history and her family history. And then, you know, the following post dated a minute later, dude. So she's just there in front of this computer constantly posting. And the next post says she does not understand what a dowry is. Her husband does. Next comment. He is behind it. Next comment. The only reason they married with their mentality at age 27. So now, these are just the ramblings of a crazy person. After medical school and music school, he only plays the bagpipe and helps her earn from being a doctor by making sandwiches for her, lazy bastard. Did you add the lazy bastard No, part? no, no, I did not. She put that in there. So, so here we go again. So now... The next comment is, Royal Canadian Air Force wants to marry the duck-faced, low-IQ 
lookalike 25-year-old already past her prime normalcy killer nurse after his graduation in 2012 as a bomber. Yeah, she's losing her fucking mind. I mean, that's so, that... he he remarried. I'm guessing this is in reference to her husband. Yes, because yeah. she she divorced her first husband, Peter Lepic. This is all from one post, mind you. The next one goes on to say, he figured he had two more years to kill me, of course. The twit. Tell him to become a carpenter. So it's not a bad line of work, actually. Yeah. Yeah. What the... What do you <laughs> no, think? No, but... Yeah, what do you think? You're fucking better than everybody can? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> well, here's, here's what's funny. So it's actually creepy, too, because you know when people have schizophrenia or whatever, they have multiple or split personalities or... I'm not a fucking doctor or anything, and I don't know the differences between multiple personalities, schizophrenia, or, like, the nuances and how somebody behaves. But it just seems like she's talking to another person, but then all of a sudden it's off-topic. It's almost like, uh, what do they call it? It's like word vomit, you know what I mean? Like, it, it just, what, what comes to your head, it's just being spit out. The fact is she, she's posting these minute after minute, you know? So nobody would even have a chance to respond, so... I don't think that there's anybody responding, whether it be via a, a, a private Facebook account. You know how somebody has a private account that you wouldn't be able to see what they post, only the person that they post under could see it? I, I don't think that's the case because there's no way she could possibly respond this quick. And what you were alluding to, Chris, with the uh, word vomit, there's actually a phrase called word salad. It's basically defined as confused or unintelligible mixture of seemingly random words or phrases and is sometimes also referred to as schizophasia. The term schizophasia is used in particular to describe the confused language that may be evident in schizophrenia. You know, you're looking at it and they are incomplete sentences and you, you can understand what she's attempting to say, but it, you don't understand in reference to what, if that makes sense. Well, you don't have any context. It's just like she is speaking to herself, so she knows what she's talking about. And then her other personality, if that's what this is, is just responding. Or It goes from, she does not understand what Darius, he husband does. And then the next sentence is the only reason they married with their mentality at, at age 27. It's just the next line after the next has, one thing has nothing to do with the next. So, yeah, it, it's hard to really make heads or tails as to what's going on here. But as we said, she was married to Peter Lepic, the uh, CEO and founder of Technograph. She had herself listed as a co-owner, as wife of the vice president and president. But she also called herself a matrimonial investor slash co-owner. Basically <laughs> saying, if we get divorced, I'm taking half of it. I, I guess what she's saying, which... I'm wondering if she did, dude, because in 2003, we come to find out that she must have gotten divorced from Mr. Lepic because in 2003, she married, get this, Gordon Finlay. Remember the name Finlay Travel? Mm-hmm. So then she had herself listed this time as a matrimonial investor and co-owner for the aforementioned Finlay Travel. Well, well, well. Yeah, so now we're dealing with Mr. Lepic and Mr. Finlay. And it seems like she's constantly putting herself, as soon as she marries these guys, as the co-owner of the company. So take that as you will. So now we have this work history that she's listed, and we have some verifiable addresses as to the location of these places but the thing is when we're looking at her posts she doesn't give actual names so we don't know who she's referencing is she referencing the first husband the second husband we don't know 
Now, if all this wasn't odd enough, because all you need is for this to gain a little bit of traction on social media, then one person's going to share it, another person's going to share it, then, you know, once you get into Reddit and all that shit and 4chan, then you got all those online sleuths that are just going to keep digging and digging and digging, and, and, and they're, they're brilliant, they can find anything out. So, this starts spreading a little bit, just because of the, the incoherent nature and the, 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 the cryptic messages that she's posting. And not only that, dude... As I mentioned before, the pictures. Her profile picture is scary enough. But then, uh, you know, she posts a couple other pictures, and one was apparently of the ex-husband and some family photos. But the weird thing was that they all appeared to have been damaged. And it, it looks like water damage. But the creepy thing is that they're all identically damaged. So to me, it looks like it was put in a Photoshop program or edited in some way to make it look as if they were nearly destroyed because they're all marked exactly the same. So right. it, it had to be put into a program is what I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. There's no explanation for that. I mean, like, what the hell would be, would be the point of doing that? Like, what are you trying to prove? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't make much sense at all. And neither does anything that she posts. But, you know, the pictures, in, in my opinion aren't nearly as creepy as the posts because, you know, she'll go into rants about her husbands or ex-husbands, her neighbors, her mental health. She began to talk about all the shit that we mentioned before, like the MK Ultra, MI6, CIA, all this shit. And basically she was saying that they were out to kill her. Granted, we all know that MK Ultra was an actual government program but who knows you automatically think when somebody says that they're full of shit but that program actually did exist and who knows if it's still going on today we don't know but why would she be the particular target she rambles about that for a while and then she begins talking about her family and how she's related to royalty she talks about um what's his face your twin there uh prince william then it, it just starts rambling more and more into an incoherent mess, you know, like it just starts making no sense at all. And I'm going to uh, read you a couple more, dude. And this really starts getting crazy. I am a normal member of the normal upper classes, ancestral and not a target at all, given your motivation to try to abnormalize my life and make me a museum piece to grab my assets for more abnormal government agent families. So basically right there, that's in reference to these government agencies, the CIA, the FBI, and all that shit. That was posted at 11.19 p.m. And following two minutes later, we get this. You are a pervert. I have never respected any government of Canada for its mentality. Uh, she then goes on to say, I have been left out of civil society because these people mistake themselves for it. I am not them. I am not normal upper-class civil society whose life they are trying to mislive by maligning me to normal upper-class civil society. I am not available. What the fuck does that mean, Chris? Oh, it seems like she put up the no vacant sign and uh, she's unavailable. <laughs> uh, and thank God for that. Um, so let's. Uh, th th this is the one that really caught my attention. This is the popular post that people always talk about. All caps, cap locks. I do not need a social worker. Now we drop the cap locks. I have no intention of starting to meet with your pervert networks. Again, with the perverts. Representatives, after what you try to do to my life, the wolf's and sheepskin pig clothing. I am a competent member of the upper classes prosper here, and you are not at all at my level of intellect. Stop trying to rip into my life through your social control, perversity, financially, 
and otherwise. I have never been governed by you. You are abnormal. If this is indeed a real person, she seems to have some kind of insecurity about her role in the class system here because she keeps talking about how she's upper class, Chris, and she already didn't mock the the blue-collar carpenters there, so I didn't approve of that. (laughs) She mentions the Canadian government. Yes. Because she's in Canada at the time. At the time of of these posts, it's believed that she is in Ontario, more specifically, or most likely, uh, Toronto. Right. But then she posts weird shit, dude. So after she all those ramblings about the government, then she has one post that says, <laughs> a mere minute later, quote unquote, do not, donut, D-O-N-U-T. So do not, in quotes, then the word donut. Like, what the fuck does that, what, what, what's going on here? I mean, donuts are always on my mind. So, <laughs> I... so uh, let's continue. So let's see if we can make any sense out of this. I am Canadian, and I am entitled by heritage to live in Canada on at least three foreign passports, including Canadian diplomatic, and I have never agreed to participate in any federal mental and physical research grade weapons program. My husband has not either. What you are trying to do to us is illegal, particularly with low-class attack police and their bastard women's supporting assault personnel program. Again, mentioning the government, but then it just goes on to, like, you know, the class systems, and then this personal assault that she says that they're they're trying to uh, take out on her. I mean, well, she really has a hard-on for the Canadian uh, government, because, you know, her Facebook profile lists her as originally being from London, England. Like I said before, we don't know what brought her to Canada, but she does not seem to be enjoying her time there. Yeah, or anybody... Who she's married. Uh, yeah, <laughs> whoever it may be at that point. But uh, she also then goes into great detail about her genealogy and her lineage. And there's just some weird things that go along with that too. It says, and I quote here, Elizabeth Keith was, in my opinion, my father's second wife, Flora Keith's relative. She was ethnically English from Yorkshire and London, England. And after that post, there were 295 comments all by Karen. So we're shifting gears from government conspiracies to her family genealogy to her marriages and whoever she feels is against her and the apparent upper class she feels that she belongs to. So there's no rhyme or reason to anything. And, you know, like I said, the posts themselves aren't necessarily incoherent, but they just don't mesh together. Like they're just, they're ramblings. And like, so if you're looking at them and you you can understand what she's trying to say, but there's no rhyme or reason. There's no beginning nor end to them. So it just sounds like it's word salad. You know, these symptoms of schizophrenia. And there's just something very creepy about it, isn't there? I mean, you think about it, you know, there's this person sitting there alone at night and posting for 12 hours straight. So Chris... Let's uh, get into it. We mentioned a number of theories from her being mentally ill to her being possibly a computer program, her being manipulated by uh, these government agencies. But I'm going to ask you flat out right now, judging by all these posts and all these pictures and all the time that she spent on social media, what says you? Who do you think Karen Catherine Waldegrave von Berg Hasberg <laughs> was? Do you think real person? 
or something a little more sinister? To me, I feel like it would be something that's easily, you know, there's an easy answer to this, I would say. There's got to be some people who have been in contact with her, who've worked with her, who are friends with her, something. Uh, or obviously her, her spouses that would know if she was losing it or if there was something going on or that would be able to verify that this is a real person. I, I can't imagine it's not a real person, but... I know there was that one theory about the Markov chain generator, which is basically like you plug in words, right? And it, and it generates this language almost that doesn't really make sense. What kind of dissuaded me from believing that was the case here is that she goes into detail about some of the places she's worked. And, you know, some of those places that she worked were actually verified. Yeah, I don't think it's that either. I, I know that was one of the the, the way her... The way she was writing, it almost came out as like it was being generated at random. Sometimes that can be creepy in and of itself when you're just throwing these words together that seemingly make no sense. You could do that with anything, especially when you put a creepy picture of uh, of this person with it. Yeah, so I would say that I don't think it's a Markov chain just because of some of the verifiable facts. If it wasn't apparent from just the way she's writing, the... 500 responses to her own te- her own post and then the 200 something response clearly like you said with the, the, the time frame being as if she must have been doing it for 12 hours straight uh, obviously you're not in your right mind well uh, you know there is other speculation like I said earlier in the show that you know was she a spy and was this a way to communicate? To me, that's that's a that's a big no. Uh, <laughs> For an obvious reason, why the hell would you put it there? Serious attention to yourself. And, and doesn't doesn't Facebook spy on us all uh, enough? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm leading towards two things. I'm I'm thinking either this was some kind of social experiment, and that is one of the theories. And I don't know if we mentioned that before, but people seem to believe that this was a social experiment and to gauge how people would react and how quickly this information could spread. And obviously it did, but that doesn't really seem to make much sense to me. So Chris, after looking at all the possibilities, and I'm always one for a good uh, government conspiracy, but uh, I don't think that's what's going on here. So with all that said, Chris, I think that uh, Karen was slowly slipping into a very deep mental illness and unfortunately it was all posted on social media for everyone to see i'm looking at this and it has just the makings of somebody's whose life is falling apart right in front of people's eyes i am nearly certain that karen is indeed a real person and uh, i think she is suffering from some undisclosed mental illness and I can only hope that she is seeking treatment but so many people went digging and uh, trying to find out what the hell was going on here that she ended up just deleting her Facebook page so I'm hoping that Karen is off social media just like we are Chris because I think in my opinion bud that's the first step towards good mental hygiene getting the fuck off of social media Seriously, if anything, I'll send you to the loony bin. It'll be a fucking social Oh, media. man, you're not kidding. So uh, with all that said, Chris, all, all we can do is say that we do hope, if Karen is indeed a real living human being, that she gets the help that uh, she needs. And let's just hope that she's happy if she's still out there kicking around. And uh, we wish her the best. And please don't 
come after us. Uh, <laughs> so, but that's it. That is the bizarre case of Karen Catherine Waldegrave. This was a weird one. I tell you, I mean, it's it's not one of our creepiest cases, but there's definitely something a little uneasy about it. And like you said, we always do love uh, when uh, the story gets pointed towards the government. Yes. So, uh, you know, we're, we're happy. Well, we just hope that Karen nor the government come looking for us. <laughs> so uh, with all that said, bud, why don't we just give a quick rundown? Uh, if you... <clears throat> Whoa, that was weak. I haven't done this in a while. <laughs> if you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us at btcpod2020 at gmail.com. Or you can get in touch with me on Instagram at Between the Cracks Podcast. I'm not even mentioning the Facebook page. Uh, Chris and I aren't even on there anymore, so fuck that. Um, if you would like to become one of our lovely patrons, you can uh, just click on the link in the show notes, and it will take you there. We do um, offer different tiers. You know, We give away free stuff, shout-outs on shows, and you have the ability to request topics. And actually, dude, I just got a great one from Faye the other night. And, of course, we have the one coming up from Elizabeth, which is... Uh, your favorite place, Chris, Mel's Hole. And then uh, my man, August, August Cruz, actually just wrote me, and he has requested the Amityville murders. So we're going to have to dig a little deep into that one. That one's coming up, too. That, And I have some personal experience with the Amityville house, which I'm none too pleased to be talking about again, but I will be doing it for uh, our dear listeners. Um, so which... We- I'm sorry? Which connects to one of the cases we did about Ed and uh, Lorraine Warren. Yes, they will be involved. And as you mentioned to me the other night, Chris, there's a new movie coming out uh, uh, surrounding... The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. Yeah. I mean, at what point do we not get afraid of this doll anymore? <laughs> I, I feel like I'm kind of getting agitated with Annabelle now. When you're seeing the same one over and over, I think it's a little more stupid. But I don't know. A doll really does get you. Oh, dolls. It's terrifying. I'm not even going to uh, bullshit you. Uh, A doll is absolutely terrifying. Probably the worst thing. I I would rather be in a fucking room with a a murderer than a goddamn doll. I mean, we could, you know, have you spend the night. (laughs) No. Uh, Robert the doll, if you'd like. Uh, I'm good, Chris. I just like to talk shit behind the microphone. I feel much more safer there. (laughs) So with all that said, Chris and I are going to try to get back on schedule. If not next week, as I said, after June 15th, our schedules uh, really start slowing down. So we will be back to being a weekly program. And we do truly appreciate your patience as we uh, try to get through this very busy time. So with but don't hold us to it. Yes, please don't. Not yet. So uh, with all that said, Chris, why don't you say we wish the fine, fine people out in podcast land the fondest, oh, a farewells. Karen. Oh God. All right. That's gonna take some editing. Yeah, it wasn't bad though. No, it wasn't that bad. That's